0: Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast. This is episode 11, uh, Friday the 26th of March. Is that is that the right date? I think it is, right? Um, yep. Yeah. Following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global
1: reserve currency today, the topic is Elon Musk back in the news again, maybe maybe
0: thinking about some BCH. And we're also going to be talking about NFTs and SLP tokens i'm here with max how you doing man
2: i'm doing good thanks for having me on the show why are you here how did you get on the podcast tell me the story uh so a few months ago well i guess originally i started um in crypto kind of just hearing about it like through the internet back in like 2012 i think and then um later on in college i looked into it again and saw ethereum and didn't pay too much attention to until the 2017 run-up when people were all were like basically becoming really greedy and wanting to make, basically become rich. And my brother got into it. He's like, "Oh, this just keeps on going up. We should buy into it." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know about that stuff." But uh, then, then I kind of got caught up into the greed, fomo basically mentality and bought some near the top. And then after that, I started diving more into like the technology aspect of it. Um, I kind of already kind of knew like how Bitcoin worked before. Like I dig. I digged into it, like, probably, like, in 2015, 2016. And I actually had, like, a controversial opinion, which was kind of, like, I was against the... uh, I thought, like, Bitcoin wouldn't be able to scale, because I was talking about, like, if we had Visa-level throughput, that, like, the blockchain would be, like, terabytes within, like, I don't know, a few months. I forgot what the calculations I did, but um, anyways, um, I got into it, and then... Invested into it, and then I kind of gravitated towards Bitcoin Cash. Well, when I went to a meetup in Chicago, I was looking up for like crypto meetups, and I saw a Bitcoin Cash meetup. I was like, all right, I'll go there. I, I thought that was I thought it was a knockoff fork. So I was like, that was like my preconception was that it was just some random fork that was meaningless, and I, never, I didn't know about the whole scaling debate or anything. So I went to the Bitcoin Cash meetup in Chicago, and uh, they kind of just showed me it, talked Talked about the scaling debate and about how you know Bitcoin, you know the high fee issues, and uh, they even demonstrated me in person, like using the Bitcoin.com wallet, and just sent me like you know twenty cents or a dollar worth of Bitcoin cash, and just showed like how zero confirmation worked and everything. So then I really dug into like the history after that. I was I got really intrigued, like oh wow, I didn't know there was this, like huge community split that happened. And that there was like years almost like 2015 2016 years of people trying to basically scale bitcoin and kept being blocked by it so it was really interesting kind of just doing my own research into like bitcoin xt and there's like bitcoin unlimited and other uh, attempts to scale bitcoin that just failed and then after that i kind of became like a bitcoin cash fan and uh Then I guess later on I'll talk about how I got into SLP later in the podcast. But that's basically my sense. Uh, My background is uh, I'm a software engineer. Um, Went to school for computer science and a bachelor's in that. Uh, A few years of experience in software engineering. And more recently just getting more um, uh, knowledge in cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. I think that's the space that's going to be growing in the next 10 years. So I kind of want to be part of that.
0: Yeah, man. Well, this is music to my ears, i got to say, because I think I think that's going to be the story, right? Increasingly for, obviously, like I've said before, one of the amazing things about cryptocurrency is how everybody comes to it in their own way, right? Some people, they pick it up and then their friend gets them into it like super quick. And some people, they kind of look at it and it's going on in the background and then they get involved. And some people have, you know, uh, an actual use case that they need, like they need to transfer money online or whatever. And they sort of find it that way. Some people, it's ideological, all this kind of stuff, right? But for exactly what you're saying, for Bitcoin Cash, it is it is very unique in so many ways in the cryptocurrency space. But one of the biggest ones is this whole preconception and how they, like people in the community are very, very, very high information. That's a very important thing, I think, because it's pretty hard to... You can be into Bitcoin and not know the history, not know the story, not be able to explain about Bitcoin Cash or even Bitcoin SV or any of that stuff. Like you can just think, well, that's just these shit coins. But it's yeah. pretty hard to be a big fan of uh, Bitcoin Cash or to their credit, you know, Bitcoin SV or, or something like that uh, without understanding uh, actually at quite a deep level. And so to me, that that is one of its greatest strengths, which is that it's, the more educated your community is, the you know. I mean, the more productive they'll be. The yeah. more they can spread to other people. The more they know about it, you know. And they're not just like buying twenty bucks and then hoping, yeah, hoping to get rich. Um, yeah. Like you were saying, what about your brother? Though he was like getting you into it. Is he still yeah, still he, on it
2: or? He had a friend that told him about like Ethereum back when it was like ten dollars. And it, ironically, I was also looking at Ethereum when it was about ten dollars in college. I was like, oh, this is new smart contracts. I didn't really know whole lot about it but i knew about bitcoin i'm like okay, oh, this is new ethereum sounds cool i was like i might throw some money into this and i didn't because i was just like i didn't know where it was going to go then like several months later my brother comes and is like you got to buy ethereum and bitcoin and stuff and i'm like oh what's the price now and he's like oh 300 or whatever 300 And i was like oh shit i could have had that at 10 dollars uh, and then eventually fomo got me a little bit but i didn't have much money so i didn't really lose much money luckily so Cause I didn't like have a, any job at the time. I was like, you know, a broke college student basically. So, you know, I only had a little bit of money to throw in at the top of the bubble. And, uh, uh, I guess I lost some of it, but, um, cause I kind of got into the altcoin stuff. Cause you're like, Ooh, I got bigger games. That. Yeah. Yeah. They fall the altcoin thing. And I'm like, I started like looking at like altcoins. coins. I think had awesome ideas, but like they weren't really doing anything. It was just, like, they had a great idea, but no one was really building anything or, getting it out there and so you kind of buy into these great ideas that just kind of fall flat when a bear market hits and uh that's kind of like what i got caught up into and then i became more sensible and i'm like okay i'm gonna invest still but i'm gonna invest in what i think is gonna like be here 10 years from now and it's gonna grow and buy during a bear market not a bull market so that's kind of what i did like in 2019 and 2020 i kind of been you know solely investing like dollar cost averaging yeah yeah i love it. building i love it
0: yeah, that's amazing. That's that's uh, that's really good to hear, man. This is uh, this is the kind of stuff we need going on in this community because yeah, everything in crypto is so hard for people to understand. From the outside, just how distinct those phases are—from oh, I heard about crypto to I bought some because of the financial aspect—and I was getting riled up to then oh, I was looking at every single altcoin to then I sort of got a bit disillusioned. Fuck this! I lost my money. I lost some private keys. Whatever. I got scammed by some you know PayPal scam or something. You didn't understand what's going on, and and at the end of it all, you just kind of come out of it with a. A well rounded perspective, but you, you definitely got to go through that process. Some people take a very long yeah. time, right? Like some people that years and years, you know, in crypto and they still like it still is not clicked <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but anyway, let's all right, let's crack on with it. So we're starting with the price, speaking of uh, the financial speculation. So yeah. <laughs> today, uh, 499.6 USD, and uh, it's about steady at the same ratio with. Uh, BTC to BCH was a bit lower. Like uh, I've been asking all the guests this: how how often do you follow the price? Do you ch- do you check it uh, every
2: day, every week, every five I minutes? check it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did do the five minute stuff before, and uh now I'm basically a daily. I check at least about once a day, just to kind of see where it is. um <clears throat> But yeah, it's hard. You do kind of get caught up into, it, especially if you have like serious money invested. It's hard not to kind of check the price, but then at the same time, you're like, well, I'm gonna hold like five years, so. Why should I bother looking at the price every day? Yeah. But it's kind of entertaining it too. It's sort of like a sports game in a way, like investments. Like, you know, where is it at today? You know, is it winning? <laughs> is it losing? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the price. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I think, uh, I, I, ch- I mean, I check the price a lot. Uh, it, do,
0: it does depend. Uh, I'll go through phases where I watch it more closely and some, some where I don't. But when I do, I'm not really that worried if it's like up or down or it's crashing. Oh, shit, you know. Yeah, it's, when it gets
2: it volatile, is- that's when I look at it usually. If it's like back when it was like, I don't know, 2020 or, or not 2020, but like 2019, it was kind of just going sideways month after month. Yeah, I wouldn't look at it for like a week and wouldn't even notice. But yeah, when it becomes volatile and you get like these 50%, 100% gains in like a day, you're like, whoa, what's going on? You start checking every like hour for like the next five days. Yeah, <laughs> your, your brain's wired for that. Yeah. Dopamine, the gambling instinct yep. just like
0: <laughs> just just kicks in. Right. So we got the transactions right, which have been slowly, you know, ticking up. Tick- I mean, I, the, when I look at this, like I started this podcast right on. I think it was like the 23rd, maybe, or the 26th of January or something like that. And so uh, that was when it was just starting to sort of uh, creep up from just having been flat for so many years and everything. And I sort of said, yeah, I think it's going to keep going up. And it did, and it went past uh, Bitcoin, and then it sort of slowed down in growth a little bit. But now we've had this this mad spike uh, just here recently where basically I think what happened was that for... Uh, for like half a day or something, noise.cash went offline, right? Which is this sort of Twitter clone where people can send around, um, you know, a couple cents in uh, Bitcoin cash. And uh, Mark DeMiesel is the investor, big fan of his. He sort of of gives away money. So he sort of crowd fund, like, well, it's kind of reverse crowdfunding, uh, spreading it around to everybody. So it went offline for half a day and it sort of, so that then the transaction count dropped off pretty significantly. And then when it came back online the next day, it just is like through the roof. And it's so it's more than doubled. Like Bitcoin that day did, I think it was about 227,000 and Bitcoin Cash did about 517,000. So it's now, I mean, obviously it was a little bit artificial because of those circumstances, but it's now done a day where it did twice as many as, uh, Bitcoin obviously without uh, you know any problems on the network or anything. So yeah, what's your thoughts been on this transaction rise? Some people say it's all spam, and some people say oh, there's real adoption. And, you know,
2: yeah, I guess I have mixed feelings on it. I I like what I like about it the most though is it kind of there's a big talking point, and it's usually that's like no one uses Bitcoin Cash, and you can or or the reason why it's cheap, you know, the fees are low is because no one uses it. But now, when you kind of show, hey, look, it's out competing Bitcoin in terms of transaction throughput, and the fees are still below a penny, that talking point kind of just gets muted, or at least shows people, like, demonstrates, hey, look, we can actually scale on chain. Um, as for whether it's spam, um, it kind—I of, don't think it is because it's being sent to users for like the actions they do. You know, they're tipping. It's not like I think Bitcoin SV had like a weather broadcast system. You know, they're just using transactions to store like weather data. I could see that being considered more spam. This seems they're actually financial transactions people are being rewarded with. Um, <clears throat> so I don't think it's spam. Um, whether or not it'll continue is another question because we kind of, like you said, the mark guy is the one funding it. And I wonder how it'll be when they try to change their funding model. Are they gonna try to do, make money through ads and then use the ad revenue to give to users or Will they just stop giving out free tips completely? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how noise.cash develops, you know, throughout this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw one thing uh, was that recently they added, so the sort of partner side, read.cash, which is for the blogging. And they added this great feature, which was subscriptions. So you can, uh, or sponsorships, I think they call it. So you can sponsor onto somebody who posts regularly and then, uh, it's a 90% of what you sponsor goes to that uh, person then, and 10% goes to funding Cash. And I always, I thought that was a great model because obviously uh, Bitcoin Cash does not have, like, I mean, there's Patreon and stuff is this huge phenomenon yeah. now and these kind of direct uh, donations. And obviously people can donate directly to people on, on Cash as well if they just put a donation address. But that kind of uh, sponsorship model I really like because uh, for the creator it gives them sort of some recurring uh revenue and yeah. also i think probably both parties in that exchange are more than happy to give Cash 10 percent because it's, it's providing the the platform and it's part of the economy you know sort of sort of helps everyone too so yeah I, I mean uh really good but yeah i agree with you i mean i would never ever swallow it. any sort of propaganda about oh, uh bitcoin cash has less transactions that's why it's cheaper like that's so yeah. easy to understand that that's not the case, but obviously people will make up whatever, uh, you know, opinions that sound good to them or whatever. So, but yeah, right. So we've had a couple episodes, actually, I think episode three and episode five or something, you know, Elon was sort of getting into crypto, a bit of, oh. bit of Dogecoin, uh, trolling away there and all that. And he said, so they've accepted Bitcoin. They're going to, uh, they put 1.5 billion into it. I can't remember if they're up or down at this point in time. Sort of uh, fluctuates. This is kind of like people are saying, yeah. "Oh, you know, the Tesla stock price is like doesn't really matter whether they're making cars or not. It just matters whether the price
1: <laughs> yeah. of Bitcoin is up." You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then also, yeah, I think people started selling some Tesla shares because they were upset that he's doing this. Yeah, because I noticed Tesla actually went down. I think when Bitcoin went up, it was weird. Like the, I think with MicroStrategy, the uh, when they bought Bitcoin, it went up with Bitcoin. With Tesla, well, I guess maybe it could be because Tesla was already really, over, already over over, yeah. yeah, it was already like 10X. But uh, I noticed it was like went down when Bitcoin went up and I thought that was strange. Could we just sell it people who don't like Tesla because the shareholders may not be, might be upset with what he did.
0: I mean, we've got here. So this week he mm-hmm. sort of announced, okay, we're actually accepting Bitcoin. So now before it was sort of this concept, you know, but now you actually can literally pay uh, in Bitcoin and get your Tesla uh, delivered. And also Elon sort of uh, threw, threw a bit of dynamite into the mix by explaining that they are running their own Bitcoin nodes uh, and that they will be holding and not cashing out for uh, fiat currency. So it's not sort of, a, you know, just, just like a marketing stunt or anything that they are actually getting involved in crypto. And to me this is not surprising at all because as much as people want to sort of call out elon and say ah oh, but if he really cared about crypto he'd be accepting bitcoin cash or he'd be accepting other currencies that you know are more usable for payments and all that sort of stuff like in my mind he, he he's going to do that there's no question about it it's just he has to sort of warm everyone up to it like you're saying with his shareholders with the directors of the company like just give elon thinks in the future he knows he can see already he's already made comments about uh you know crypto being a global currency and everybody using it and all that so he knows he's just gotta just drip feed it out you know to the to the world a little bit i i think
2: yeah i think he uh i think he's kind of new like anyone else is kind of new um i don't know the Kim Cash guy he like started out wanting to do bitcoin trying to do lightning network and then and he's a smart guy, but you know, even smart people take a while to kind of figure out what's going on. In this space is a new; it's completely, you know, no one, no one's a blockchain expert yeah. just because they're smart in a different area. It takes a few months, maybe even a couple of years, to kind of get the hang of what's going on and what's the best approach. And I think Elon Musk will probably get gets the point where he'll be like, "Okay, Bitcoin's cool and all, but like." There's issues with scaling, there's issues with payments, um, kind of like the Kim.cash guy, he- Kim.com, after yeah. Several mo- yeah. Kim.com, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he after, <laughs> that's Kim.cash. Hey, maybe you should change that. No, you case. should, yeah, yeah, that's it. A- <laughs> Kim, if you're watching man, <laughs> Kim get Kim on dot that. Kim.cash, noise.cash, Kim.cash. <laughs> Kim. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, so it took him a while to kind of move towards that Bitcoin Cash mentality. Now he's like, pre- he's like praising it all the time on Twitter, which is kind of cool. I wonder if elon musk will kind of fall down that same rabbit hole where he gets warmed up to the idea oh, we're about to go to the next slide but um, it is cool to see that he's running his own bitcoin node uh, tesla is and also that they're not selling it for fiat i think i don't know if is he the first one to do this first merchant yeah, to be yeah. like hey we don't sell it i, I know I so. before I know. it's always like someone yeah. they always sell it it seems like most merchants yeah or they don't tell you or they just don't say it they don't sell you they don't publicly announce what they're gonna do. Mm. I feel like this is the first time I've seen something like this where it's, we accept crypto or Bitcoin and we're not selling it for fiat. I've never seen this before. So it's kind of exciting turn of events, I think, in the space.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely for sure uh, what, he's got the right idea that he's gonna be holding his, you know, some of that currency. And then obviously the next steps are gonna be, he's gonna start paying his employees, right? in in crypto like that's the obvious thing to do if you're gonna uh, hold on to it because ultimately his business i mean even though it's great for us because we love crypto and it's you know it's good in that sense but really tesla should be in the business of selling teslas not being in the business of speculating on cryptocurrency but i think elon is just smart enough to know that in the future or pretty soon every every company is going to be in the business of speculating on crypto to some extent so He's, uh, he's ahead of the game. And I, I like your point about people selling off the uh, stock As I took this screenshot where it's Elon on Twitter saying Tesla is using internal and open source software and operates Bitcoin nodes directly. Bitcoin paid to Tesla will be replayed, uh, retained as Bitcoin, not converted to fiat currency. Then the first reply was this salty guy. He just said, uh, meanwhile, your suppliers, workers, governments, banks, etc. take cash. So you're hurting your cash position to collect Bitcoin could shareholders maybe vote on the whole Tesla becomes a Bitcoin company thing because it was kind of a broadside. I think what he actually means is kind of a blindside. But anyway, yeah. uh, I, I think it's funny because, I mean, if you're buying into Tesla and you think Elon Musk going to ask shareholders rather than just do whatever the hell he wants, like you're buying the wrong
2: company, mate. Like, he's
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the tech. kind of a wild know? card. Yeah.
2: Elon is a wild card when it comes to, He's not like a traditional you know ceo that just kind of stays in his own little box he's kind of very experimental kind of guy yeah. and he's always you know he's all over the place he's building cars making rockets most people don't most businessmen kind of just stick to one area and that's it so For yeah sure. and on his comment about shareholders shareholders do actually vote i mean they vote on the uh, the way most corporations works and shareholders vote on the board of directors, mm-hmm. and then the board of directors are the ones that kind of decide who's the CEO, who's the, who are the executives. So the shareholders are really upset. Obviously, it might be difficult for people to do this, but they have to vote in basically different share uh, board of directors who will then kick out Elon. But that's fine. not. They're not going to do that. Yeah, no way. They're more right. likely just to sell your shares if you're pissed off. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Try to change the company with inside. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no chance of that. I think Tesla without Elon, it's like, what are you doing there? You know, so yeah, then uh, but talking about Kim.com. So then, yeah, he, he gets himself a bit into the mix. Uh, like you said, yeah. he's been very, very big on Bitcoin Cash. And one thing I, I agree with you, I have linked on my uh, site, BitcoinCashPodcast.com. I have a list of all these good links that people can check out because like you said, you've got to sort of get into crypto and you've got to read up about it. It takes a long time to absorb all that. And there's this really, really good video from, I think it's like 2019, or maybe late twenty eighteen, and it's Kim, and he's playing poker with um, with Tone Vase and a couple of other people, and he's talking to them about Bitcoin and about Bitcoin Cash and about the Lightning Network and scaling, and uh, he's obviously met with Roger Ver and all this stuff. He's just going through it all uh, with them, and at that time, you could see that he sort of liked the idea of Bitcoin Cash, but he was he was very amenable about it. He was try, he was sort of started from this position of like can't everybody just get together under one banner and all unify and so? which was a great idea but the the funny thing about it was it sort of overlooked the history and then as he's been a bit part of a bit more of that history he's kind of shifted more to the side of everybody else who's been in it a long time where they're just like we tr- we tried the we tried the, <laughs> the easy
2: way we've got to do it the hard way there's just no other no other way yeah to do he it, wants you know? to kind of like unify people and that's cool and bring like a dialogue to it but yeah it seems like that already kind of happened throughout the several years that there was a scaling debate that most people i guess weren't aware of i mean i wasn't but i wasn't too much involved either um that kind of they've already it's already happened the fork happened and it's like at this point bitcoin's gonna do its thing bitcoin is just gonna do its thing and You can do both i mean if kim.com wants to support lightning network and do bitcoin cash for his website you should do it but at the same time i don't think he's gonna make too much progress when trying to unify people over this and yeah he probably is slowly finally learning like yeah these people are kind of stuck in their ways and um but it's kind of cool that he's reaching out to people who are not stuck in their ways like elon musk i'm glad that he's finding people that are kind of new to the space or even outside the space. And most people, I think there's been a lot of people that are trying to reach out to Elon Musk, but you know, if you're not popular on Twitter, if you don't have much of a following, you're kind of get ignored. And that's yeah. kind of, it, I, that, kind of, that kind of sucks about social media. Is like, if you're new to it and you're trying to talk to somebody, it's hard to get noticed. But with Kim.com, he has a pretty huge following. So I guess Elon Musk finally noticed <laughs> noticed one of his tweets yeah. That is a really good tweet, and I think this could be the start of Elon Musk falling down the rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: that, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That, that Kim.com fell down. Yeah, for so, a few f- months ago. so for the audio listeners, uh, Elon made this t- uh,
0: tweet where he said, you can now buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. And so Kim replied, and he said, try and buy a soda with Bitcoin. Bitcoin median fee $8.92, Bitcoin cash median fee 0 sourcetransactionstreet.com dot com, which is a great site. Everybody should check that out. Where you can yep. see the payments going live. I've had it on this show before. And then he says, "Over half of all cash payments worldwide are under ten dollars." BCH is serving the mass market, not just the one percent. At Elon Musk, that's why bitcoin dot which is his site, where he sort of uh, breaks down the differences. And then the little kissing face uh, emoji. <laughs> so he's still got a little bit of that, you know, spread the love kind of vibe. And then like amazingly, almost in some uh, sense, Elon replied and all he said was just fair point. So he didn't, you know, like, but yeah. I took that as a as big praise, to be honest, because uh, I mean, Elon obviously gets in the mix, you know, he's made tweets before that have got him in trouble and stuff like that. And he can't be manipulating the market too much, even though he, he does have a bit of a crack at it every, yeah. every once in a while, but. You know it's not He's. it's obviously not saying hell yeah let's do bitcoin cash at tesla but he's never going to tweet that until it's already over until he's already put a billion in and he's ready to go then it'll come out you know so i think it's on his mind for sure for sure
2: yeah i think basically kim.com pretty much planted a seed i think to elon musk because i don't know i i think elon musk is probably i mean I know he's a smart guy, but I really don't think he was aware of Bitcoin cash or if he was, he was like me or or even kim.com where you kind of see it, you don't know much about it, you don't look into it. You think Bitcoin is the, the way forward and then eventually you run into problems and maybe Elon Musk is now going to consider, "Hmm, why are the fees so high on Bitcoin? Why are, you know, what's the what's the problem there?" And then he maybe he'll look into Lightning Network, see more problems, and then he'll kind of move towards Bitcoin cash. Like kind of that that's kind of what I'm predicting yeah and if i see bitcoin cash start pumping in the next coming weeks it's going to be i'm just going to assume it's elon musk buying up getting his position yeah he's getting his position ready before he starts making announcements yeah yeah for sure i think that's what's
0: gonna happen my prediction has been that uh bitcoin cash will be the second crypto accepted at uh, tesla maybe with uh dogecoin as well just for the memes but uh, just for fun yeah yeah i think i think that's what it might be right And so then the plot thickened even further, because uh, obviously with this announcement about um, Bitcoin, Tesla posted uh, on their page, they have a support page for Bitcoin, and they wrote their payment support for Bitcoin only. Bitcoin is the only digital asset that we accept as payment for our products at this time. You may not make purchases with us using any other digital asset, including Bitcoin for products such as Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV. A Bitcoin digital wallet is not configured to detect or receive digital assets other than Bitcoin. So they explicitly mentioned, you know, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV because obviously maybe you could say, well, it might be easy to confuse them, right? But then they later changed their mind. And this was picked up on Reddit. Uh, Well, I actually noticed this, but um, like... I saw this initial uh, thing and I was watching it and then I checked the website later and they changed it and they changed to what cryptocurrency does Tesla accept? Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency Tesla accepts and what if I send a different cryptocurrency to the specified Bitcoin address? We will not receive the transaction and it will likely result in a loss of funds for you, which is actually inaccurate. Funny to say, like if you do send Bitcoin cash to a Bitcoin address. Well you've lost it, but then Tesla would have that uh, Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. But obviously they don't want to encourage people to do that, right? So they just say, oh,
2: it's lost. Yeah. You know It might be a pain for them to try to refund you basically if their system's not set up yeah. to handle the other forks. But yeah, they do own the private keys, so yeah, they would be able to access it if they wanted to. Yeah. Luckily. And I mean
0: I just I I am so sus of this. I mean I some people had the take that okay, well maybe they took out the explicit mention of Bitcoin Cash just because, or Bitcoin SV, just because they don't wanna be advertising those currencies or because they don't wanna, uh, yeah, I don't know, give any like indicators towards that or anything. But I, I just sort of feel like somebody wrote this, somebody who was the intern or the whatever Tesla, they, yeah. they typed it up in the original wording. It said, we don't accept these ones at this time, right? And it's just like yeah. somebody who
1: knew who was oh yeah thinking yeah down the
0: road you know and they just wrote these support documents and then six hours later after it had been live and Reddit was already posting about it then somebody's hey dude look
1: change that up you know <laughs> like uh, re- rewrite that shit
0: you know somebody somebody realised what had happened uh, so yeah that's my uh, you know conspiracy for it but. Uh, yeah, it's, we can only really
2: speculate. Actually, I see it right now on the website. I think they added it back. and they did that? Yes, as for now, Tesla only accepts Bitcoin, not Bitcoin fork products like Bitcoin Cash. They put it back in, Bitcoin so it's XP. been in and then yeah. out and
1: then back in. So th- oh, there's yeah. obviously there's obviously some thinking. Uh, okay. yeah, I'm
2: refreshing. I'm making sure I'm refreshing the page. It's back in. I think that's crazy. Well,
1: there you go. You know, maybe every they're responding every time it gets posted up again on Reddit. There
2: they <laughs> they don't know what they want to say
1: that's crazy <laughs> well, oh, i didn't even think to check but yeah maybe if they put it back and that's crazy
2: uh, they look like they added more questions to their page too i think they're just i think they're just perfecting it yeah i really that's just all it is they're this is new so it's like how to use word things you know this is all new do you tell people about forks do you tell them not to make a mistake mm. you know what does the end user need to know uh when trying to spend their bitcoin on a tesla right <laughs> so so i think they're just perfecting it um but yeah it could be more i don't know we can only speculate yeah
0: well uh, the whole world is speculating on crypto that's for sure
2: yeah all right so we
0: got this i actually messed up this uh, slide i should have got a picture here of uh, rakuten but in japan there's this company called rakuten who uh a really really uh, big deal because I, I guess they're sort of like a, a walmart or they're sort of some sort of like department store where you can get a lot of stuff and they're you know integrated with a lot of uh different payment systems and so on in japan and when this came up that they announced that they were accepting uh cryptocurrency which in this case is bitcoin bitcoin cash and ethereum it really got onto my radar, not only because people in Japan, obviously it's good because then that now they can just live on Bitcoin Cash pretty much if their job pays them in Bitcoin Cash and just buy you know these Rakuten gift cards or whatever and then just buy whatever they need. Uh, but also that this is actually the second time that this has been announced because in 2015 Rakuten announced we're accepting Bitcoin and they would no, you know it was this huge, I never heard of this company until in 2015 when they yeah. announced it. And then, obviously, at some point with the fees and whatever, I think they probably just quietly <laughs> dropped it off the radar. But now it's back on the radar, this time with yeah. Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum. Which last time, I mean, Bitcoin Cash didn't exist last time, and Ethereum was still, you know, a uh, baby at that point. So uh, it's very, it's very interesting. They were obviously a leading uh, company in the space, and now they're onto it again. Uh, and this time with
2: Ethereum and Bitcoin Cash. So very interesting. Yeah, that's exciting. I hope like. I know there's other merchants that dropped off Bitcoin, like Steam, mm-hmm. for the games, you know, video games, that used to accept Bitcoin. And then they also had uh, dropped it. I wonder if other companies, like Steam, will come back, be like, "Hey, we're accepting Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash." I hope, I hope it's not just not this company, but others as well that kind of jump back on, and try to try again. Um, but, yeah, and I kind of wish I'm. You said this is in Japan. Right? Yeah, yeah. Rakuten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting that you can now spend it, like, for groceries, right? Yeah, I, I assume stuff. so, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, one thing about this kind of fork with BDC and BCH is that now merchants, they, they can. it's kind of like a a trojan horse a little bit you know where what they can do is they can announce oh we're going to accept bitcoin and bitcoin cash and then wait and see what happens Uh, i mean of course as we know there will be maybe in the case of tesla because it's a super expensive thing anyway but in the case of most types of products people are not going to be spending bitcoin on this this shit they're not going to pay ten dollars to buy a fifteen dollar mobile phone recharge with Bracketan or anything like that, right? They're only going to be spending Bitcoin cash, but the company can offer both options without, you know, sort of taking a political crypto stance as to which one they, uh, support or not, which is interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah and then I remember, um, BitPay didn't they show like what the usage was for all the cryptos, mm-hmm. like how much what cryptocurrencies they use and if for some reason it's still bitcoin seems to be like 80 percent Well, there's just more people uh, i think
0: that have it yeah just know? more
2: people that, so
0: people are more familiar with it but i think it will overtake it was on the decline though right and i yeah. think those stats were like six months out of out of date or whatever so it might have yeah, it, changed a lot by
2: now because six months ago bitcoin fees were probably only like less than a dollar now they're like five ten dollars so yeah you're probably right it's, it's changing yeah, usage it scales up really quickly all right so our main sort of uh topic of
0: today is about nfts and uh, slp tokens and so yeah i guess you can educate me on this a little bit but in my mind i sort of uh wanted to rewind in history a little bit because i think this is sort of a perspective that, that is lost and i'm just going to walk the listeners here through uh, my view of this history of uh, assets and then you can comment in afterwards right okay so the first one is so for people who don't know who are not very uh you know financially uh involved or whatever there's a thing called an ipo which is on the stock market where you have a company so let's say i start a company and i grow it up to a you know quite a decent size uh like a very big size like oh we the top you know top few companies Uh, And then I I have my investors who are just private investors who've bought in in seed rounds, right? That's called venture capital, VCs. And then at a certain stage, it gets so big that you can uh, go public. So basically what happens is all the earlier investors make money uh, because the public get the chance to buy into those shares for the first time. And of course, if they think it's a great company, they're all going to like flood into it, right? So Facebook was obviously a classic case of that, you know, where Zuckerberg got really rich. Uh, and then now Coinbase is maybe looking at doing this as well too. So that, that's an IPO, right? So then in 2016 and 2017, this thing became popular in the cryptocurrency world, which was like a spinoff of that called an ICO, which is an initial coin offering. And basically, uh, it's sort of out of popularity now because it just turned out to be so like scam heavy and the government started kind of cracking down on it. But basically, people were trying to say like, look, I'm going to launch my new cryptocurrency. I'm going to call it scam coin. And I'm going to (laughs) give myself 40% of the supply. And then I'm going to make some marketing, you know, banners or websites or whatever, and just hype the hell out of it and then have like a a date and time where everybody can just buy in and of course because it was all in cryptocurrency people are buying in with bitcoin and ethereum and all this money is flooding into these people who haven't really done very much to be honest they've just made a lot of hype uh and then they would get really rich and then obviously some of those uh schemes sort of turned into well legitimate currencies that they were developing and then some of them it was just kind of like great, well, now I've given you a bunch of these tokens that nobody really wants and aren't really on any exchange, so I'm out of here. Thanks for all the Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that, that happened, like, quite a lot. But, yeah, the government started realizing, like, wait a second, I, I guess the public as well, they just kind of wise on that this was the, the scam, so they stopped buying those as much, um, and those, those things kind of stopped happening. And then, so then, recently, I think I talked about it on a, one of these episodes recently as well, too, is non-fungible tokens... So that is uh, an NFT. So it's kind of the idea that on a blockchain, you can track uh, a coin around pretty much, or a fraction of a coin. And so you can tag that with some data. You can say, okay, this coin is going to be the coin that represents my laptop. And if I sell this coin to somebody, then they will have the right to have this laptop. And of course, people have started doing that, except the easiest thing is with digital things. So like a picture or a GIF or a song or whatever, And then people can trade that around now how is that any different to just taking a screenshot of the picture that was already there basically it isn't right except for you get to feel like i'm special because i'm i own the one true picture of this doge meme but it's, it's no different right and effectively Uh, the way I think about NFTs and the reason they've got a lot of hype and I think it's kind of funny is because it's basically ICOs reinvented, except the idea is instead of having 10,000 coins that you try and sell at some ludicrous price for something that doesn't have any value, instead you sell one thing as, like, it's special, but it's basically just an ICO with only uh, one coin. And then the last category we've got here, so this is the as the history has sort of played out, is SLP, which is called Simple Ledger Protocol. And that's that's specific to bitcoin cash but other uh, currencies have different you know takes on the same thing which is fungible tokens so that's the idea that on a bitcoin cash you can have another token on top of that so like um you know a jeremy coin let's say and i could just issue Five thousand Jeremy coins, and then people could trade them around. But I don't have to set up all the infrastructure. I don't have to start a mining network. I don't have to do all that stuff because people can literally just trade it in their Bitcoin Cash wallets. And the way that works is by tiny little fragments of Bitcoin Cash being traded around, which have the data uh, encrypted inside it that of how many you know I traded around to to whoever I did. So that that's my understanding of it. But jump in and uh, you know correct correct any misinformation there.
2: Yeah, I'd say basically SLP tokens are um, just tokens that are built on Bitcoin Cash. It's its own protocol, so it's like on top of it. Doesn't you don't actually need to use it if you don't want to. Um, it's very simple. It's simple, so it's in its name simple, meaning like you don't have the fancy kind of smart contracts that you can get on Ethereum, where there's more. I guess more complicated code that you can do on ethereum if you need it but lots of times most people just want a token that they can you know just like an nft you just want a coin that you can send from one person to another person and that's it nothing nothing else that needs to be fancy and so you kind of have this bitcoin cash can kind of take advantage of that and be like hey we could you could do the same thing that you do on ethereum do it on bitcoin cash but you only pay you know a penny or less than a penny to move it around um and i think most people or most use cases that'll, that'll be sufficient you know you just need a, a token that can represent maybe if you're making a video game and you have a video game in-game currency you don't need any fancy smart contract you just need a token that lets you print more so if you want a million coins or 10 million coins or whatever bitcoin cash be suitable to handle that kind of uh, complexity um, the same with NFTs, you know, um, you don't really need a fancy smart contract for NFTs. You just need just, it's the same thing as a token, except it's just one token, you know, it's a unique token, you know, and, uh, it can represent, like you said, like an artwork piece or something physical in the physical world. Um, but yeah, NFTs are kind of <laughs> seem to be kind of like the same hype that ICOs have it's new. It's not like they're all scams or anything. Just like ICOs, there's a few ICOs that stuck around. I think like Maker, there's a few I guess Chainlink, you know, those are still surviving. Mm. And uh, if you bought those, you're still doing good, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think NFTs are going to be the same thing. You're going to have a lot of crap that if you buy now at a really high price, you might lose a lot of money. And um, But there'll be a few NFTs that'll probably survive, that'll be useful or to hold on to, maybe fought a famous artist that makes an nft and they're you know not a scammy artist they're actually a real famous artist you buy an nft from them that will probably still retain its value i think but if you just buy some nft for some off some weird website that just came into existence last year and it represents a little picture of a person or something or uh, yeah be careful that's what i would say it does feel like the ico's Greed of coming into the NFT space. Crypto just yeah. greed upon greed. Yeah, that's it.
0: People get into crypto yeah. to make money, and then
1: that's not even enough. So they just take it up to the next level with NFTs and with ICOs. You know, it, it's crazy. I mean, I
0: think the obviously in the uh, cryptocurrency world as well, things are it's it's a bit of a grey area, a lot of a grey area really, where. There's no, the legal regulation for this stuff is very unclear. The law is very, very unclear. How it functions internationally, very unclear, right? So uh, cryptocurrency uh, has, has merits sort of in the sense that the original idea of Ethereum being that code is law and this kind of idea that maybe Bitcoin, you don't need it. Uh, legal regulation at the level of the currency, because the cu- the code itself maintains, okay, there's these amount of people, and if somebody transfers it to somebody else, that's binding, and all those kind of things, which would usually need to be enforced by courts. In a fiat currency, you can just have done by code, but then with the NFTs and things like that, you you can you can also have that where you can have, okay, if you transfer to this, and this person specifically has that asset, but as soon as you try to link it to something else. Uh, like you say uh, a physical thing or if a celebrity issues it or something there's nothing stopping that celebrity saying okay i told you all that if you bought this you'd be able to have some special you know i don't know dinner event or something with me but i've decided to actually screw you all like i'm not gonna do it right so a magazine yeah yeah so it just comes down to the uh yeah. trust of those individual parties which in some ways is just recreating system that we had uh before because any celebrity could create a website that uh you know just with a regular without using cryptocurrency and just sell tickets to their event and then hand them out but i I guess with the um slp tokens and stuff it sort of adds an element where there's always a secondary market right so people can always trade it amongst themselves and i think as time goes on as people get more used to these sort of ideas, there will be an increasing social acceptance and understanding that it's much like the ICO is right now it's the wild west, but with time things will settle down and it'll get to a point where if you're uh, issuing one of these and if you fail to live up to your, your promise, there will be some kind of repercussions, whether it ends up being the law getting involved or whether it ends up being that, uh, you know, there will be a huge loss of reputation for select because now if you did a scam, like 99% of people don't even know what NFTs or SLP tokens are. So if you just did a scam with them, nobody would even really know or care. But it might get to the point that if Britney Spears did one of these things and then backed out of it, well, then, you know, companies would refuse to sponsor her or whatever because they'd be like, look, you're running scams on people. So... I, I don't know that's that's kind of something I see progressing in the future is the build up of the social trust
2: and understanding around these new assets Yeah, I think that's that's right. I think you'll see like people social repercussions and You know once the law law kind of takes a while to catch up, you know with innovation So but at some point there could be legal repercussions too if you do an mm-hmm. NFT scam or whatever who knows how that'll look though. That'll be interesting how court systems will deal with like NFT fraud or even, even initial coin offerings. How will they handle that? those situations to be interesting, but, but I think it'll happen, you know, once, like you said, it's wild, wild west. And eventually 10 years from now, it'll be like normal. It'll be like the internet, you know, everything's, everything makes sense now. But, uh, with NFTs and ICOs, it'll be interesting how this space matures, uh, but it's exciting by then crypto will be onto something else though. That's the, that's the aspect yeah. of it that
0: the law, there's no way it can ever catch up because I mean, two years in the law is like the blink of an eye as far as the change <laughs> in the law is concerned, or even as far as political regulation and so on and so forth. But as far as crypto is concerned, that's an eternity. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe longer than 10 years, 20 yeah, they're, they're years, they're never ever going to catch up. Um, or I don't know, maybe they're going to have to invent some new system. I don't, I don't really know. But so then we have here, so we're just talking about this. They have on Bitcoin Cash recently has been this site Jungle or Jungle with two yeah. U's kind of came out to allow people to trade uh, these SLP tokens, these NFT tokens. So I was explaining to somebody about NFTs and she said to me, uh, what's what's the point, right? <laughs> well why why would somebody buy or pay for any of this uh, stuff? And I sort of said, Well, there isn't one, except that it's so much it's kind of like collectible items, you know, people love to collect, you know, vinyl records and they collect Pokemon cards and they collect merchandise that are signed by specific people, or they collect people collect all kinds of stuff. Some people collect rocks, right? So uh, this NFT and SLP tokens is just kind of the initial use case I feel like is just very much based around that sort of collector hobbyist kind of thing. And that can have value if a particular community gets uh, excited about it for whatever reason. But then obviously, like we were talking about, I think much more interesting will be things like a band can sell 100 tokens of their next, you know, premiere concert. And then as long as they make the rules that whoever shows up at the door with one of those tokens, you're in like that, that, that would be super cool. And, uh, I mean, maybe I haven't even thought it myself, uh, I don't know enough or I I haven't got into it yet, but like on this podcast, you know, I could try and do it where it could be sort of like an NFT where you could be uh, as a guest on the show, you know, if you bought this NFT or it could be that, uh, that, you know, there was a certain like pre-release of a certain e- e- special episode or something like that. And you have to have uh, the token to get access to it or something. I, I-, I don't know, I kind of, of, of like, ideas.
2: Yeah, one thing I liked about NFTs that was kind of interesting is the like, when an artist, let's say they make an album and they're uh, and you kind of have to trust the artists still. Um, that's where like the social repercussion comes into play. But like, what if the artist makes an album says, I'm only going to release three digital signatures of this album, you know, as a form of NFTs and you can buy them and there'll only be three for this album and they don't give you the right to the album, but they kind of, it's like a signature. It's like sort of like an autograph, mm. except it's digital. And so, so you got three digital autographs that you can purchase. And then that's it. And I think that's kind of cool. Cause you know, 10 years, someone might want to buy those digital autographs. Just like if you had a physical autograph of some famous artist that signed the album and you bought it. And I think that, that'd that be useful. You could do that with, that's, that's something you could do with the show. You can have a digital signature for each episode. That's you just make cool one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you sell it and you say, here, it's just, it's like a digital autograph, essentially, of the
0: episode. Maybe I could give it to yeah. Maybe I could give it to the guest. The guest could be, oh, that, too. That, that could be their <laughs> wow. like, special part of uh, being part of the show. Yeah. You know, is then they, they could have, or maybe we could have one each. Maybe I could always have one. They could have one. And there would be and you could yeah. then you could try and collect both, you know, then it would be like you have to yeah. get the Jeremy
1: token and the guest token like to get the combo somehow. Maybe if you had the combo it would be like cool. uh, Exodia or something. You could that that would be you could <laughs> cash in two tokens from
0: one particular show in order to get onto a, a next one like that. To the next I, one. I don't know. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of ideas. I I will be thinking about that. There's this. lots of
2: ideas, it's yeah. A, That's what I like about NFTs. You don't know what's gonna happen. It's, it's, so far, I like the signature stuff, because it's like a digital autograph. Yeah, from you know from a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anything limited in supply
0: can have value. That's what uh, cryptocurrency is uh, has taught us, right? So you, this is your service. Now we're we're getting onto. So I didn't okay yeah, get as much like times. I did read a bit about it and had a bit of a look, but I uh, give us the full uh, pitch of like what what is uh, MintBot and what have you built what are you making what's it all about
2: yeah so when my brother and i kind of fell into the bitcoin cash space we kind of understood you know it's peer-to-peer currency but then when we kind of dug deeper we saw this like these tokens we're like what are these tokens we saw like spice token and uh slp tokens and we're like well you know this is neat you know it's like ethereum almost on top of bitcoin cash where you have these tokens and then we saw people were using uh Tokens inside of Telegram. I don't know if you're familiar with Telegram. Yeah, yeah. Like I joined now. the uh, group uh, last night, so you know everybody kicking. Okay, off. you had a lot of
0: people in there. It was like more than two thousand, two and a half yeah. thousand
2: people, something. Yeah. So we saw this like we got entered I think this was like I don't know a couple years ago, and Spice Token was big, and people were tipping with Spice. Uh, like they have a, they have like a Telegram bot that you can tip users easily. With spice tokens whether you know if someone makes you laugh or whatever makes a good comment you could just be like send you know tip five spice and it would send to the user and you can withdraw you know the spice tokens out of the bot if you want or deposit some and We thought that was kind of cool and we also noticed that people were making their own tokens um on uh, memo.cash i think most people were making the tokens and they were trying to share their tokens through by just sending it to people's uh simple ledger addresses mm-hmm. so they'd ask like you know send me your slp address and i'll send you my token and we thought well why not just have a bot a telegram bot that lets you share your own token because SpiceBot was limiting itself to just spice token and that was it why not make a bot that just lets you use any token you would you desire you know if you want to make jeremy token and use it with mint and use it with a bot there it'll be you know we make it easy for you and that's kind of where we got the idea for MintBot, it was just a tipping Bot for telegram that lets anyone deposit any token they want as, as also an slp token and start sharing it on telegram you know tipping people or whatever and so once we made that a lot of people started using it i think we had like a few hundred users within like the first couple weeks yeah. now i think it, it's kind of tailed off because the space is not growing but i think we still get about a couple thousand users every month you know using it <clears throat> so we have like, I don't know, 2,000 monthly active users, I think. And um, but so recently we kind of pivoted away from that idea because we kind of noticed it's not, you know, it was really cool in the beginning. People used it and it was growing, but now the last several months it's kind of just kind of tapered off. And so we're kind of pivoting to think of, thinking about what's the future going to be with, you know, tokens. And um, one thing I noticed with Ethereum and even, you know, BCH and the other platforms is that, it feels like you have to really know a lot about blockchain to start adding tokens to your if you're like a developer or a business yeah and you don't know anything about blockchain or crypto but you like you kind of understand just like the basic concept of what a token is like oh i can tokenize this thing and it'll be useful for people um but they don't want to dig into all the technicalities so we kind of we're trying we're we're pivoting to a new service called like uh, mint api and what that is purposes is is to make it easy for developers or businesses that want to add tokens to their product in a really fast way. So they want to do it within a few days rather than spending weeks learning what blockchain is and how to make their own token and stuff. We want to be like within like 24 or 48 hours, make it so that people can just add it to their product. Whether it's a video game or whether it's a website you're building, we want it to make it easy so you can add tokens to whatever you're building. so, that's, and you can check out more on the website, api.minteslpe.com. Yeah,
0: okay, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna get uh, get a little bit technical here for some of the users, okay. you know, I mean, I'm a dev too. So, what is this, uh, a REST okay. API? You got a, you know, a JS like yeah. wrapper or how, how's it go?
2: Yeah, so we we'll, we'll basically, we'll have like a REST API that the developer can connect to. And it's custodial because we kind of just, we thought, it make, to make it easy, it's custodial, but you can withdraw. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as like a developer, you'd build. Um, so let's say you're making a video game. You would connect to a REST API. You could create. We have a a feature called like virtual wallets. So let's say you're making a video game, and you want each user to have their own, you know, wallet. You can use our service to make a virtual wallet for each of them, and then uh, so it, keeps, it makes it easier to organize basically digital ownership for each user and um you know if the users want it you you can use our api to send you know if one user wants to send tokens to another user on your platform you could just use our api and say i want to you know move x amount of tokens from user a to user b we do it for you if there's an issue like if they don't have enough tokens we just you know get send you an error back saying you know the user doesn't have a sufficient balance um and then also if a user is asking is on your platform and says you know i want to withdraw my video game you know, tokens out of your platform and send it to an exchange, um, you would use our REST API for that as well. You say, okay, this user, user A, wants to withdraw this many tokens to this address, you know, this SLP address, we, we handle that for you. So we wanna make it really easy, the, we wanna make the REST of the API very easy for developers just to get, basically get get it working right away. Um, yeah, it sounds... And we'll have a web portal as well. So if you need like debugging issues, you can, you'll have, a, there'll be a web portal that you can use as well to, you know, kind of see what's going on on your platform.
0: Yeah, nice. All right. Okay. And I guess, obviously, I mean, it's interesting that you've got that sort of hybrid model going here. And I think that to me, that's sort of what I want to underscore for the listeners is that the, we've, we've talked a little bit on the show about DeFi. Uh, and about, you know, things being custodial or non-custodial, right? So in the traditional finance, in a banking world, the bank always holds onto all your assets. And in a blockchain world, I mean, I suppose there's some ideal sense that in the future, as everybody gets accustomed to everything, everybody will hold their own assets and there won't be any banks, right? But in the reality is is somewhat of a mix, right, where uh, some things you know, people will hold themselves for people who are really into it or people who have certain use cases or whatever. And some things will be about, uh, you know, a a sort of shared custody with an institution or like a company or a project, um, you know, sort of in a similar way to what you're doing here. So that in this sense, like I imagine that you you can make a service like this uh, entirely uh, devoid of of blockchain, right? Where you could have a service that people are doing Tokens and it was all just on a database. But the key point is that this then integrates with the wider crypto world where people can start out that way. And especially for the devs, it's a lot easier if they just spin it up and they don't have to uh, sift through everything. Yeah. But if their users are getting into it and they want to be trading it on the exchange or they want to be withdrawing it into their own wallet or they want to be whatever other stuff emerges in the crypto economy, there's always new things. If they want to get involved in that too, they can, they can just withdraw it and, and, uh, go for it. And so, yeah, I also want to point out to people like this screenshot here is from my, uh, Bitcoin cash, uh, wallet. but if you have the Bitcoin.com uh, wallet on your phone, then you already have an SLP, uh, address. It just sort of comes in built uh, by default. So if people are wondering what's an, what's an SLP address and all that. It just, yeah. it's just the exact same as uh, a Bitcoin cash address, basically and you can have it you can send it to somebody and they can uh, send you some of those tokens so anybody who has a bitcoin.com wallet maybe have a bit of a poke around in this little assets tab and uh, maybe have a look at mintslp.com and start uh, picking up some tokens right
2: yeah actually on a permit bot i think a lot a lot of people started using our feature was called a faucet Mm. you know in the early days bitcoin had their own I think Gavin Andresen or whatever one of those guys yeah, started it was like Gavin. a Bitcoin faucet. Yeah. yeah. And we kinda add the we are we also did that with Mintbot. We have where you can create your own faucet but it's in Telegram and people can like claim tokens and get free tokens. And so a lot of people would create their own token and be like, well how do I share it to everybody? So they create a faucet on their telegram group and then people can just join their group and start receiving, you know, free tokens. And uh, so that's that's one way you can get uh, introduce or you can create your own token I think um, on several places you could do it on MintBot, you can do it on Bitcoin.com has their own I think it's called mint.bitcoin.com create your own token there or memo.cash create a token there, an SLP token so there's a lot of places you can get started with SLP tokens, it's just a user too it's really easy to make your own token I think. Yeah, it's fascinating
0: I mean now that I'm I'm thinking through this it, it really is just the idea that any limited supply thing can have value within a community. So it occurred to me uh, that even like in my own family or in people's families, they might do, you know, certain uh, families have certain systems like, uh, you know, who does the dishwashing or or after dinner or something like that. You could have a a system like that with a, a currency that was shared between members of your family and then you could buy an exchange it would be totally valueless to everyone except in your family but in your family it would would still be sort of a, a legitimate thing that you could use to you know barter or exchange or keep track of things or or whatever, actually, uh, I mean, when I was in university, with my housemates to try and encourage them to clean up, I had this system called <laughs> dishwashing diplomacy, which was where every time if you cleaned up the house, you could get one point. And then if you had three points, and somebody else had zero points, then they would have to buy you a bottle of vodka. And that was, <laughs> that, that was how we did it, right. And so in that way, it was sort of, I, and everybody enjoyed it right it was a good system because either you could clean up a lot to try and get some free drinks or you could um not clean up and then uh just be lazy and just pay for some alcohol instead <laughs> if you wanted i mean you would probably end up having it everybody ended up having some right so everybody uh everybody really enjoyed that and just that sort of social accountability uh kept the whole thing in in balance and uh, i i guess uh, there was no slp tokens at that time but that had been yeah that that would have been perfect that would have been exactly
2: what we would have used yeah yeah i could definitely see tokens being used for like all that kind of stuff whether it's on a community or through a family or or on a video game like you could i think someone did a monopoly using bitcoin cash mm-hmm. um you could do that with a token as well you know if you don't want to use bitcoin cash you use a token for your monopoly money when you're playing monopoly with you know your friends or family um <clears throat> so it'll be cool to see how tokens are used you know in our daily lives in the future i hope it's hope to be surprised be oh, of, i think
0: that's for sure everyone nothing yeah nothing is sure in cryptocurrency except it's going to be surprising and volatile uh, do you yeah, know do, sure. do you know what's the most popular token on uh on the mintbot what is the the
2: most traded one uh well we do have our own token called mint token uh, i don't know if it's the most popular one it might be um i know spice and honk token are also Pretty popular tokens. I've got some honk, so shout out to honk. Yeah, uh, yeah, honk. <laughs> I
1: don't even know what I can do with it, but I know I've got some. You, so. just, you can
2: sell it on. I guess <laughs> okay. sell it for Bitcoin cash.
1: Is it uh, worth a lot? I don't know. I'm gonna
2: have to. Um, honk isn't worth much. Oh, well, I gotta <laughs> got hold to this honk. You got 10 million. I see. Honk, right? Is that Honk yours? to the
1: moon. I'm, I'm holding <laughs> on honk. We're gonna be great. Yeah, hodl it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold all this honk. So that, 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 that'll be all good. We'll get
0: there. All right, so I've, I've been thinking as well um, with the show about uh, trying to introduce some new segments, you know, to uh, like recurring segments and things um, just because I feel like uh, that, that's what you have in a good series of podcasts, you know, for regular listeners. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and one thing I've noticed that I enjoy is that they will have some sort of running, you know, series or joke, you uh, between episode yeah. to episode. So I'm, tr- I'm trying out a couple of things here and we'll, uh, we'll see if any of them get a response, right? You know, people can comment in the YouTube comments uh, or whatever and just <laughs> say whether they like these series, they want to see them continued, or whether it's kind of like, what he did, this is just a waste of time, you know. But uh, I thought meme of the week could be a good one because cryptocurrency is such an online thing. And it's so often driven by these little uh, jokes and uh, whatever. <laughs> and this one made me laugh. So for the audio listeners, what it is, it's, it's very crappily done. It's literally like somebody has ripped this uh, base image off like a stock uh, photo site, deposit photos. They still have the They didn't even chop it out. They still have the, oh. the tag at the bottom. And it's that... Uh, sort of image series of the monkey sort of slowly walking upright and evolving into being a human, Uh, but then they've got the monkey starts out with shells, and then as it gets more upright it goes to gold uh, coins, so precious metals, and then as it gets more upright it gets to US dollars, and then more upright to the Bitcoin logo BTC. And then finally, the most upright is uh, Bitcoin Cash. And so it's sort of like getting smarter as you progress uh, through the Doge. And then Dogecoin, yeah, right at the end, the Bitcoin Cash uh, logo is just walking his dog, which is the Shiba Inu from from Dogecoin. And I saw the BDC fork who made this uh, meme uh, posted saying, "I I think... Bitcoin Cash is the best, but Doge can be like its best friend. And I just thought that was kind of kind of cute. You yeah, it, it it made me laugh as well. Just having Bitcoin Cash more advanced than Bitcoin, that uh, that really made me laugh. You know. Yeah, I like, a, um, like the
2: evolution of money kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And who, who knows where will be next? I mean, there's no saying that Bitcoin Cash is the end uh, end product, but
2: right now i think it's uh it's definitely it's in the most league. useful one yeah <laughs> yeah at least for like a normal person that doesn't want to pay ten dollar fees yeah yeah so actually use it i uh, have you like in your area like uh, do you know
0: around you are there bitcoin cash accepting merchants or how often do you uh, a, trade you know a there's like a there.
2: few i do want to try to spend some bitcoin cash um because they have the bitcoin.com has that map mm. you can uh, look at merchants near you that accept it I haven't done it, um, but I, I want to sometime this year. Uh, one thing I'm looking forward to is just being able to like go to a grocery store and just be like, just get the QR code and just be like, click and then I like, send it. That's really what I want uh, to see. Just to, like just to spend it on groceries, just like your everyday items, or like Walmart yeah. or some big super center, um that will accept it. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I mean, because I, right I, now it's like little merchants, little tiny random restaurants or whatever uh but i should i should check some of them out though i want to kind of experience it
0: yeah to spend it i mean for me i've
2: been recently trying to yeah
0: do do a bit more spending in uh bitcoin cash it is still a little bit of a runaround so i'm not like throwing out all my fiat currency and just full on bitcoin cash i could do it i definitely i could i mean if i really wanted to set myself a challenge this month I'm only going to spend bitcoin cash I I would survive except for paying my rent but even then I could do that by trading some with my mate and just saying hey why don't you pay <laughs> pay my rent on my, okay, my uh, rent. on my on my behalf you know in exchange for bitcoin cash but the one thing I have been doing so I've been buying these uh, gift gift cards basically for Uber Eats uh, there's CoinGate I'm going to just shout out CoinGate uh are in the UK but there are other uh, ones around the world, or maybe gate is around the world. I don't know. But then you can buy a gift card, so you can buy one to Deliveroo or Uber Eats or whatever. Uh, and then order order your food, right? But you don't have to eat just takeaway because those apps now have uh delivery of groceries. So I did. I have got some cereal and some
1: <laughs> milk and everything the other day uh, with some Bitcoin cash, and uh, yeah, it tasted better.
0: Because uh, yeah, it <laughs> did. So, you know where it came from. Yeah, exactly. So everybody can uh, give that a shot if they. And, and I think that that really just helps it click for for people. You know, is like with Bitcoin, so far removed now BTC from all of this, where it's all online financial speculation and what they've completely lost oh. sight of. It. And every other cryptocurrency basically has. It's funny because it's called it's called cryptocurrency, right? And yet, there's yeah. very little use of it. It's all all speculating. It's all digital assets and NFTs and whatever, whatever. That's all just racing along, and there's uh, a lot less focus on on actually, yeah, being able to trade it in your everyday and
2: just live on it, right? Yeah, hopefully the the adoption comes back, <clears throat> you know, with the merchants like Tesla. You know, it's the first step into buying a car, I guess, with Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, or cryptocurrency. So. I think we'll start seeing more of it. Um, people are still getting used to the idea of cryptocurrency, uh, but it was kind of weird, though, that how there was like almost backwards adoption with Bitcoin. You know, you had Steam accepting it, and then they backtracked and still so, can okay, no longer were no longer accepting it. And That is kind of odd. I mean, it could have been we don't know. We were kind of can speculate it was fees, but I think they or it could have been usage. I don't know if they really gave the exact details on why they stopped accepting it, but hopefully, you know. These places, these businesses, come back and start accepting crypto again because that'd be really neat. Yeah, to start spending it. The only thing I've been doing is sending it to friends and family, mm-hmm. and I enjoy, you know, doing the zero confirmation and yeah. less than a penny fee. I don't notice, you know, you don't notice anything lost basically when you send Bitcoin Cash. Like it's like the fees almost it's almost zero basically. It's like a tenth of a penny or a fifth of a penny. Yeah, so it's really fun to it's fun to just send it to friends and family or tip tip a waitress with it or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been doing some of that. Yeah, and that, thats the cool thing about it. Yeah, it's just an extension of that same family tokens idea, basically. That, yeah, you know, with your—that's one way to get a little Bitcoin Cash economy going in your local circle. If you're listening to this and you have a little bit of Bitcoin Cash, well, if you're people need to trade for stuff, and and you don't even realize until it's on your mind, which is that somebody would say, "Oh, hey, let me get you, you know, five bucks for that." Well, I guess people aren't taking too many taxi rides together or whatever at the moment, but, you know, or that, oh, you just pay for that thing on my behalf or let me buy you a beer or, like, whatever. There's all these little opportunities uh, where money just kind of slides into it. And if you're into Bitcoin Cash and you, you've got some, please don't be don't be uh, super evangelistic about it, right? That's one thing that I've learned from experience is if the other person's not interested, they're not interested. That's okay to say, okay, fine. But you might be surprised just it doesn't hurt to ask and people are curious about this you know people don't know what it's about and when it comes down to two dollars or three dollars or yeah half Mm -hmm. a train ticket or whatever people are often more than happy to be like yeah sure like give me the bitcoin just because they don't have any they don't have any cryptocurrency or they don't know much about it and they're like it's two dollars worth i'm getting two dollars and i'm getting a free experience of uh understanding more about cryptocurrency so and, and then that's that's the whole point. That's the whole peer to peer economy is is those trades. That's mm-hmm. exactly what should be uh, should be happening. So yeah, I encourage everybody to to offer that. You know, you just you just give them the choice. You just say, oh, by the way, I'm going to pay you back for that thing. Do you want dollars or Bitcoin cash? And if they say, what's Bitcoin cash? Well, then you've got a conversation. If they say dollars, you say, sure. What's your bank details or whatever? You know, people come to it when they're ready. So don't force it, but doesn't hurt to give people the option you might be surprised who uh takes you up on it
2: i like to give uh bitcoin cash when i don't know what to get somebody for like their birthday or for a christmas present i'm just like i'll probably just give them some (laughs) cryptocurrency instead it'll be easier for me and it'll you know get them interested maybe so yeah yeah it's kind of fun to just give it as like a gift yeah yeah well yeah then there's no downside to taking it as well
0: too just like yeah oh yeah then put it in a vault or whatever, you know, put it under their yeah. bed or something. And then just in five years, wait a second, I'm actually rich. I had somebody who messaged me <laughs> on um, on Reddit a little while ago, asking about, because I tipped them uh, like years ago, like literally six or seven years ago, I sent them, uh, I think it was maybe a dollar or something like that. And they were getting in touch with me. Like, What, can I get that back? What happened to that? I didn't pay attention to it at the time and everything. And obviously, I think they they thought that they were really rich. I think that they was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." It was like with the price appreciation, it would have been you know maybe fifty dollars or something like that. So it would, it would have been cool for them to get, but also it was probably not going to change their life. I thought they thought, yeah. that, "Oh, wow, I'm a millionaire because <laughs> this guy sent me a dollar," you know, five years ago. That wasn't really how it worked, but uh, it was just it was just interesting to see. And then when I explained that that it was gone, but that, okay, it was just 20 or $30 at uh, the most. Now they, you know, I, I think they sort of lost interest again. Right. But I'm sure that will stick with yeah. them and that will just be, be in the back of their mind. Uh, how'd you, how'd you tip them back then? Like what, what'd you use? I had, uh, I can't even remember what it was called. Like now there's chain Tip, So now there's the yeah. Reddit, uh, bot where you can type, um, at chain tip or whatever it is, plus chain tip. And, uh, you know, it sends you, and it, they had that. We had that back in the day. Like that was okay. one of the earliest, uh, you know, major use cases for cryptocurrency. Really, uh, on Reddit was people using it. I, it wasn't called now; it's called Chain Tip. I can't even remember what the original one was called, but maybe it was called Coin Tip or Bit Tip or something like that. But it was basically just the yeah Bitcoin version of Chain. It works pretty much exactly like it does uh, now and yeah it was uh, the funny thing was that then it sort of started as well with dogecoin it was with dogecoin and bitcoin that people were tipping in all these different subreddits and that's that's cool the first time you see it and initially it sort of got some sort of curious uh, response especially if somebody did a big tip like if you send somebody a hundred dollars and everybody was like wait i'm getting money i'm getting $100 huh. in a hundred dollars on a reddit comment like Especially when cryptocurrency was not as well-known as it is now. That was just mind-blowing for people. And But, it, of course, it rapidly sort of devolved into everybody sending around one-cent tips because they wanted to sort of spam, advertise their favorite currency. Yeah. And then so then all the other communities just sort of eventually got fed up with it and were like, look, we don't want your one-cent tips. It's so annoying. Like, it's people are, yeah. are not it's no. obvious that you're just trying to get us involved in this. You're not actually trying to show appreciation and give a decent amount of value. And so then they banned all those bots. Right. So now it's usually only in specific yeah. uh, crypto subreddits that you can do it, but uh, it was an interesting idea. And for a while it really, yeah, it took over a little bit.
2: It was like advertising, basically people took advantage. Yeah. 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 It sucks.
0: Well, I mean, it's unfortunate because if everybody kept it cool no. and just done, you know, not done it unless it was, five dollars or twenty dollars or something that would really get someone's attention then then maybe it yeah. could have uh skated by but i don't know if that's just what it is and funnily enough that's why one of the reasons why then when it came to the fork and bitcoin and bitcoin cash split and everything like that and for people like me who were used to bitcoin being something that you had those chain tip and those kind of tools then it was like oh well obviously bitcoin cash because they they still have that stuff because it. And then in Bitcoin, it's just not feasible where the fee is $3 or $5 or, or getting higher. And then now as well too, it's, it's, it's not super common, but you do see it uh, on Reddit where somebody will post and say, oh, I was into Bitcoin, but I've heard about Bitcoin Cash, what's it about? And somebody chain tips them $1 and mine melts down. Like, wait, <laughs> did I have this wrong? What What is this? Why
2: couldn't yeah. I do this with Bitcoin? Yeah. It's almost like Bitcoin. It could be used as a way to—it's like get people interested in Bitcoin, and then they kind of like finally find out. Okay, Bitcoin Cash is the one that actually is. I guess I would say just call it like the upgraded Bitcoin. Mm. That's kind of how I think of Bitcoin Cash—just upgraded and uh, the one that's usable mm. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that Bitcoin is bringing new people in. It's very useful, and then I think that'll that can help Bitcoin Cash in a way to, um, you know, once people kind of start trying to use their cryptocurrencies they're going to run into fees and then once they run into fees they're going to start googling <laughs> and asking questions and then they kind of run into finding the low fee or useful cryptocurrencies you know including bitcoin cash so that'd be cool yeah it's a bit sad uh, that they have to go through that horrible first
0: yeah. experience but on the other hand well it's just the way it is you know nothing uh, nothing good ever came easy so uh yeah that's just the way it is okay so here's another little segment that i've been Uh, thinking about putting in which is a message from the community which is that every week maybe I might pick a a comment that I thought sort of like like meme of the week but maybe something a bit more uh, in detail or whatever and uh, I think for this show one goal that I really have is that in a community the important thing is obviously the community dialogue what's on everybody's mind what are the things that we're discussing what are people uh, the messaging people are telling to each other, and so I really want to encourage that. So I feel like maybe I can use this as a bit of a platform to to highlight some some really good uh, you know knowledge when people bring it up. So the message for this week is from the user on Reddit on rbdc called Pilot P Y A L O T, and he's talking to this guy who I think is one of uh, Craig Maxwell's uh, many accounts. That's a different story, but. Uh, it says, um, seems like a lot of people want Bitcoin and not, uh, um, be cash or, you know, Bitcoin cash. Um, and it's just sort of this very negative, uh, comments that you can see all over the place. Like we were talking about before, where everybody who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin cash, or maybe they do know about it and they're deliberately trying to sort of knock it, uh, get in there with these comments. And here, so I'm going to read out, it's a bit of a long one, but I'm going to read this out from pilot because I think this was just amazing. So comment was, you nicely demonstrate my point. You don't want BTC. You just want numbers go up. So like the price, right? You have zero use for BTC and you have not used it for anything, nor will you ever use it for anything. People like you have zero loyalty. If BTC stops doing numbers go up for a few weeks or months, 99% of people like you will sell all their BTC at a loss and buy whatever en vogue polished dog shit promises numbers go up. Let me ask you a question, when and at what price did you buy your first BTC? You can give me some bullshit answer but the only person to whom it matters that you lied is you, so better be honest with yourself. I guess it wasn't when BTC was below 1 cent, I bet it wasn't when it was below $1 or $30 or a $1,000. You want to know the kind of people that bought BTC this early when everybody said they were nuts and it wasn't going anywhere? It is people that believe in Bitcoin being useful and revolutionary with conviction. Where have those people gone within the BTC community? They are gone, driven out by the mindless numbers, go up worship, censorship, and systematic crippling of the coin. You know where they went to? To Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Monero, and many other active projects that still carry on the important work Satoshi started. And you know what these people are? They are early. Bitcoin 2009-2010 early, unlike you, who will never be this early. You want to know why you'll never be this early? Because you don't believe in anything and you have no vision and conviction. You won't take a risk on something that the herd isn't already stampeding towards. You are a conformist. People who are early are contrarians. Sure, you might make 100, 200 or 500% stampeding with the herd. You know how many percent people who are early made? It has so many zeros, scientific notation is appropriate. 5E6% plus, so that would be... You know what like hundred thousand percent plus right and so i thought this is a pretty brutal little roast going on <laughs> right here right? Yeah. and uh to me you know it just hit the nail on the head and i totally identify with it which is that you know i remember you know where people who were buying in you bought bitcoin under a thousand dollars that that would have been yeah that had to be 2013 or earlier uh, and at that stage, it was, you would, you were crazy. Just every single person said, what is this scam? You're going to lose money. They didn't get it. Da, 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 da. On, and on and on and on and on. But all those people who, who were into it at that time, it, it was because it was like peer to peer money for the world. That was the vision. That was what it was about. And now it's just so sad that, uh, things have devolved into this sort of low knowledge, uh, speculation on everything. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much just sums it up for me.
2: Yeah, a lot of people like to buy things once it has already gone up you know because they kind of they don't want to be the, the first one in they want to be the one that oh everyone else is talking about it now all the social media people are talking about it now all my friends are talking about it now okay i'll buy now and that's the way exactly and also uh also notice like like you were saying bitcoin got a lot of hate back when it was new people didn't understand it people didn't know where it was going and now people are actually probably most when i there's still some hate like peter schiff and stuff still don't like it but most most people like bitcoin now but now bitcoin cash is the one that's kind of like people hate it but then when you tell them like why do you hate it they don't really have really good reasons why they hate it other than well i heard this or heard that or it's, it's like an unsecured or just they just are blurting out whatever they've heard and they don't really actually really think critically about it and yeah i think bitcoin cash is probably yeah, it's, i think it's significantly undervalued i'd say um when that when that value will be realized who knows it could be this year it could be next year um but def- at this point it's definitely significantly undervalued i think yeah and but um but that doesn't mean it's gonna win i don't know it could be another coin for all i know ethereum could scale and maybe everyone will ignore bitcoin cash or Dogecoin somehow magically comes up top. <laughs> Elon up. Musk. I don't know how that would happen, yeah, but could, it. Elon Musk could carry it, just carry it up the hill.
0: Maybe, maybe I, I, I don't know, right. but yeah, you know, Pilot, uh, great, great comment, and uh, everybody yeah, should, everybody should, should think about this, which is that, yeah, if you're into Bitcoin Cash uh, now, you you will be ahead of the crowd, you know, and it is going to be a bit contrarian and a bit uh, non-conformist, but. That's, that's ultimately the point and hopefully uh, people choose to be more innovative rather than less I think I, I've seen comments by people and they say they're sort of trying to again talk down a bitcoin cash and they say why would I want this when nobody else wants it and it's kind of like well fine if you don't you don't but, <laughs> but if you're actively choosing to I am not going to be an innovative forward-thinking experimental person I'm going to I want to ensure that I am the last person you know, to learn about something new or to push my own boundaries. It's like, well, if you choose that for yourself, nobody's going to stop you. But really, you're just, you know, you're just
2: hurting yourself. Tough luck for you. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you wait for everybody else to like it first before you buy into it, yeah, the price is going to already be hundred x or whatever by then. And uh, I do encourage everybody if they're investing, just do your own research uh, and buy what you think is. Uh, most useful, I would say, to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no investment advice on this show.
1: This is not financial no, advice, no etc. All opinions are hypothetical. Yeah, uh, opinions, yeah. You know, not a financial professional, etc.
0: But uh, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's at yeah. your
2: own risk. Exactly,
0: <laughs> capital is at risk. It's blah 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 blah. But basically, yeah, you can just just try it out yourself. For me, that's always the message with cryptocurrencies. People people can try it out themselves, and whatever you know they read online or whatever their friends think or whatever it's it's more just like you've got to just try it yourself and that just sorts out the facts from the bullshit like so fast um all right and so then i also like in this theme of the messaging to and from the community this is a bit of an opportunity for you if you have anything that you want to say you know to the bitcoin cash community to the listeners of this show as to as to what you feel like uh you know are we doing a good job right now? Are we doing a bad job? Where could we use some improvement? You know, some uh, story or anecdote you think that really sums it up for you, like something you're excited about. Whatever, whatever. what's what's on your mind right now in Bitcoin Cash?
2: Yeah, so it's the interest. The history is really interesting. I like reading up about the Bitcoin history. And um, when I first came into the space, I think it was right before the Bitcoin SV fork. Yeah, so it was a few months before and i didn't buy any bitcoin cash at the time i was just looking more into it and i saw about the fork and so i kind of just kind of watched the hash wars go on i didn't really know who was on the right side of history or maybe they both had a good point but um <clears throat> there was lots of it was like it seemed like there was a lot of internal conflicts internal politics when i first got into it but now it seems like you know recently after the bsv fork and the bcha abc fork. You know, the community seems to be a lot more um, unified at this point, which is kind of good to see as like, you know, as an investor or as a person building on Bitcoin Cash. It's, it's nice to see that the community is now more unified. Um, and uh, I think the biggest hurdle Bitcoin Cash has at this moment is kind of just the marketing, kind of getting over the whole negative sentiment that people have. I don't know if there's anything you can actively do. I think it's going to be just time. I think it's just going to take time for people to start using cryptocurrencies, start learning more about it, and then I think they'll end up, you know, a lot of new people coming in the space don't really care about, I think Kim Kim.com talks about it, where people in the space that are new, they don't really care about the drama or anything. They're not going to see Bitcoin Cash as a scam or Bitcoin as the one you're supposed to be using. Um, they're just going to come in, they're going to start using and buying the one that's most useful for them and i think that's probably going to be true as more people uh adopt cryptocurrencies yeah
0: yeah for sure i completely agree completely agree i think uh, yeah with those forks you know bitcoin cash has has had a pretty traumatic history all around from splitting off from bitcoin being on the minority side which is obviously the hardest side to be on and then on the majority side for bsv and bch abc but nevertheless it's still traumatic for the community and in some sense it it allows people who have a different vision to carry on their own uh track and so it is actually better for everyone in in some senses but in the short term it does you know take some wind out of the sails and it really drains on people's energy puts the focus on that instead of spreading adoption and building new services and all but i agree with you i think that things are on a on a much better uh keel and that the community is quite uh, unified and, and I really like to see that and yeah, just it, all it takes is time and we don't need to uh, fight so much about with Bitcoin or anything, just, just make Bitcoin cash better. That's basically it because uh, when you look at the b part or other cryptos, I mean, if people are busy, you know, trying to, especially b particularly to, to poking other cryptos and arguing with them and all this other stuff, it's like, if, if your coin's so good, why don't you focus on that? Why don't you enjoy that, build new services with that? There's there's not a lot of that going on, right? But uh, that doesn't stop other yep. currencies, right? Like Ethereum's been killing it because they're focused on, okay, how are we gonna make Ethereum better? And saving Bitcoin Cash, we should be focused on making Bitcoin Cash better and then the rest kind of follows uh, follows from that,
2: yeah. All right, so, I also, oh, yep, yep. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh... One thing that's kind of useful is to bring people in that are not into crypto you know like mm. don't want to waste your time on people who are really like already into crypto and they love bitcoin and they hate every other altcoin yeah you could try to convince them or whatever but you're probably your best you're probably your effort could be used elsewhere probably whether it's building something or you know sharing crypto with your friends or people outside the outside the space and i also like to see the uh, RBTC's been pretty good with like not being censoring people and stuff. So I like I like to see that. And there's a lot of a lot of good dialogue. When you read the comments and stuff, people are very technical, people are pretty open minded. And so it's a pretty healthy community, I think. And um, I like to see when people make a post and they say, I like Bitcoin, but now I can see why Bitcoin Cash is useful. I like to see those like new Reddit posts, people are, like starting to discover why Bitcoin Cash even exists and why it's useful. So I, I like to see that, and then the community does a really good job at, you know, educating and uh, helping, basically newbies, into the space. So, yeah. So keep on with that. Whoever does that. Yeah. Always, people, a lot of people are in there. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's <laughs> it's great. It's, uh, it's Satoshi's work, you might say, uh, being yeah. being done there, spreading spreading the word. Right, so in a similar vein, I wanna give a shout out to um, Brian Yu who has a podcast called The More You Know. Uh, And I went on his podcast uh, recently last week. So uh, the link is here on the slides, which are uh, at bitcoincashpodcast.com for all the listeners. But you can look up here, anchor.fm, The More You Know podcast with Brian Yu. I was on episode 34 what is Bitcoin definition of DeFi and use cases for blockchain. So I don't know if you've been enjoying these podcasts and you're sort of like, when's the next episode coming out? Well, you can kind of have a bonus episode. You can (laughs) check out, uh, me being the guest on on his show. And I mean, he has great content too. So, uh, check out his other episodes too. Um, you know, they're not, they're not all about Bitcoin. His theme is sort of something new every week, right? So it's a bit of a grab bag. You can have a look at one of the other topics and see, uh, what kind of catches your interest, but uh, definitely go, go check out that uh, too, if you wanna hear more uh, from me or, or more, you know another quality source of uh, content and information. So yeah, that'll pretty much do it for the show. So that's it. Uh, as per usual, the slides and resources are at bitcoincashpodcast.com. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you can donate in Bitcoin Cash, uh, same as every uh, week. You just look at the QR codes on the uh, YouTube videos. And uh, thank you very much to all the donators that we had in the previous um, episodes. You know, it's been it's been amazing. I, I keep an eye on my wallet. And when, you know, the little tip comes in, you know, you just, you just feel great. You feel like doing something uh, good in the world. It's not even really uh, about the money so much. But uh, yeah, is there anything you want to shout out? Like obviously you said earlier about uh, Mint Pal, but where can people find you or keep up with uh, what you're doing with that?
2: Yeah, just go to, uh, yeah, for me, mostly go to mintslp.com. We have a telegram group if you want to reach out to me. Um, And then also if you're interested in the Mint API, definitely reach out. If you're a developer or business that wants to get involved in, adding your own token um yeah reach out to us uh it's uh MintSLP.com. all right
0: excellent that'll uh, that'll do it max thank you for being with me and uh till next time
2: yep thank you jeremy
1: Looked at me and said this will change your whole life Then he started explaining the basics to me The miners make money by taking the fee Every time a transaction is made and complete, And they work every minute and day of the week A guy named Satoshi created this all He's the mastermind of it, the brain and the boss. There's a lot more to say but before I begin Just tell me right now if you're out or you're in